0: I'm Harry Nichols. This is Kid Stuff. I'm an independent artist and public school teacher performing and working in upstate New York. And on this podcast, I'm sitting down with creators of all sorts to talk about their own adolescence and how they were shaped into the people they are today. This time around, I got to speak with Rachel Beverly. Rachel is a phenomenal singing-songwriting force. She performs constantly, bringing her unique covers and catchy originals all over New York State. Most recently, she put out her new single, Perfectly Splendid, and the song is gorgeous. Go stream it wherever. Before we get into our conversation, I want to mention my stuff, which is kind of a lot. I put out a new record this month songs for the rich and beautiful is available wherever you stream stuff it's a song for song response to my buddy samuel b lupowitz's album from 2012 and i'm really proud of the writing on it i think it's some of my best to date on top of that i also co-wrote a new song out there called rabbit hole by my pal ariel arbusur it's a funky fun trippy single that i was also pleased to play bass and guitars on and i love those performances as well Also, 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 my acapella group with Ariel. The Funks put out its long-delayed album, After Forever. It's all original. It has some of my best ever vocal performances on it. You need to go scope it out. All right, that's enough out of me. Here's Rachel. So thank you for joining me on, on the podcast. This is, yeah, I'm really excited. I've been wanting to talk to you for a while. I feel like the only times we ever get to talk to each other are like, between
1: in between shows as I'm packing up and rushing to another show exactly. or vice versa. Right. Yes. yes.
0: Yeah. yeah. Or like switching festival sets yep. or whatever. So it's yeah, it's cool to actually get to like have a real conversation yes. with you. It's yeah. fun. Um, Dear listener, we're here in uh my classroom. I'm an eighth grade English teacher um, by trade. And so can you just like as you were walking through the halls, yeah. you, were, you were talking about how you haven't been in a school yeah. for a long time. So can you just tell me like what like, feelings or thoughts are, like, yeah. kind of brimming to the surface as we come through. I here. mean,
1: which is, this is something that probably everybody says, it's very nostalgic, you okay. know? Um, so, I went to McGraw Elementary School and high school. Okay. So, my middle school experience was five, fifth grade, sixth grade, and then right as I went, which was in the elementary school, and then when I went to McGraw High School, it was seventh through twelfth. So, okay. I was just kind of, like... Pushed right into high school at hmm. seventh grade, so there Whoa. was no middle five to eight for me.
0: Whoa.
1: Um, but basically, like everything still feels the same. Which is, mm. I mean, I've been out of school, so I graduated in 2011. So now it's going to be, it's been 11 years. Yeah. So that I've been out of high school and wow. element, you know, um, it still feels the same, which is weird, you know, yeah. and it like. It's almost eerie because you kind of get transported back to like, there's things. English was my favorite subject in high school, in like high school, you know, middle school. Good choice. And um, thank you. It was something (laughs) that it, it was, it just came naturally to me too, you know. So, and I remember, I remember my English school teachers, you know, and just, and just being in this classroom being like, I would always sit up in the front and I used to blame it on, like, my contacts and, like, because I didn't have glasses yet at the time. Right, but right, right. But I think it was just because I was just so interested in what, you know, what was happening. So. That's so great, though. Yeah. It's Is it sad
0: that, like, you had to, like, pretend yes. that you weren't interested? <laughs> yeah.
1: You know? to be To be cool. Yeah. You know? And I was, you know, I was just talking about this with a friend yesterday, too. It's just, like, we had to form in and to meld with everybody else, you know, and and to to seem not different, I think was like the biggest thing, especially, you know, like growing up in my generation was, it was just like, okay, everybody fit in with the mold, you know, too. Mm. So it's just kind of like, I had really bad test anxiety growing up in high school too. And so I was always put in like, you know, like the resource room to always do do tests and Mm. everything. And so I always kind of like Felt badly about myself for having to do that, you know, looking back at it now, you know, I was talking with a friend. I was just like, there is nothing wrong with that, uh, that at all. And I'm glad that I had that experience because I had more help extra one on one. Totally. But um, yeah, I went through a lot of different phases in like in high school and middle school, you know, and one of the things that really was a big creative outlet for me was musicals
0: okay cool yeah now, so did you perform in the musicals mm-hmm. you okay what are some of the musicals you performed in
1: Little Shop of Horrors nice um my the one that I was the lead actress in was um Sound of Music so okay. I was Maria and the Sound of Music
0: that's great yeah I love that play mm-hmm. I will always love that play. yeah the music for that play is so cool. Then
1: our the Little Shop of Horrors was a really fun one. And I I, I was just like an ensemble and a, a bunch of them. So I started in, when I was in eighth grade. And then the senior year, I was Maria in The Sound of Music. Okay. The Cortland Repertory Theater does like this whole kind of like best actress in a musical, best ensemble, best oh, okay, thing. Cool. So I ended up getting the best actress in a musical. What? And that was like my first award that I think was I was ever like, Probably one of the first awards I ever gotten, like high school or middle school sure. too. But then yeah. I was just like, Okay, this is something one that I'm interested in and mm-hmm. then two people recognize and it was just like Yes. <sighs> like I am good at this, you know? That is so, so that's
0: so affirming. Yeah, you know, it was to, very to and yeah. like
1: I was you know, in high in middle school I was a very shy kid. Mm. You know? Like I had at home, I was not shy at all, but when it came to, like, socializing with other kids, you know, it was kind of, I want to fit in with everybody. I don't want to do something wrong, you know, right. what is, you know, so.
0: So what did it take to break you out of that shell? To I mean, you had to try out I, for these plays, right? Yeah, I
1: mean. I mean, I was just a very, I was very active in, like, extracurricular activities, you know, whether it be, I was always doing some kind of sports, but I think it was, like choir and musicals that really, like I was, I was in NISMA too. I would do NISMA solos. Um, And like my voice now was not the voice it was back then. (laughs) Everybody's always, I love, you know, there are some people who are born with like a natural talent, you know, I am not one of those people. You know, I always say like the vocal cord is like a muscle and you Mm. can kind of, you know, use your diaphragm and everything. But if you look at videos of back when I was 17 and stuff singing, like Justin Bieber, it is a completely different person.
0: You mean they wouldn't let you do Black Horse and a Cherry Tree at NISMA? Oh, no.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I don't even think I, I would have uh, chose to do that. It would probably have been like some tweeny bopper. Oh, OK.
0: This is pre-Kitty pre- pre- pre, Yeah, Yeah, got it. OK.
1: Growing up, I, like, the music that I listened to was basically mainstream 2000s and sync, you know. Yeah, it wasn't.
0: I think that music is quality, man. Like, I,
1: I, you know. I I still love it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I still put on classic Britney Spears and sing Backstreet Boys, and I throw those in when I'm performing from time to time because I think, you know, especially it speaks to that generation, too. Totally. So, and it's, again, like a form of nostalgia. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and I think that's why it has continued to persevere is because now the people who, you know, are consuming the most music are nostalgic for that sound, mm-hmm. you know?
1: I mean, it's like when you listen to Blink-182, Yellow Card.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: yeah. All day. Dashboard Confessional. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I, my, so my brother's six years older than me and he was into all that stuff, Coldplay, so. Sure. Because I wanted to be so much like him. I, by proxy, listened to that stuff yeah, as well. Yeah. Like, he he was in the musical. So when I was in seventh grade, he was in a senior. And I didn't do the musical in seventh grade, but he did the musical. And I was like, I saw him doing that. I was like, I want to do that, too. Nice. So
0: so you were drawn to do what your brother was doing. Yeah. I feel like a lot of siblings, like, try to kind of, like, carve out their own yeah. niche.
1: Yeah, I guess. But, yeah, I was. I was just always kind of my brother hated it too yeah okay yeah. cool yeah I mean
0: not cool that's very sad but yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> um <laughs>
0: but I think that's very sweet you know I think it's very sweet to yeah to still want to like be like your siblings and
1: you yeah know. cool
0: and that was an active thing that you recognized about yourself like you were you you like actively you feel like you actively sought to be like him or are you
1: I feel like back then it wasn't a conscious thing no but looking okay. back now it was you know I mean my brother was really big is and is still and big into video games and mm-hmm. um my grandmother used to play video games with him and just seeing that, you know, him and like what joy it brings for him, you know, it's like, Oh, well, I wanna do that too. You
0: said your grandmother used to play with your brother? Oh yeah. My grandmother
1: introduced uh my grandmother who just passed away a oh, month I'm ago. Sorry. Thank you, introduced my brother to like the N sixty four and would wow. play Zelda and Mario with him.
0: That's really dope. I know. It's <laughs> really great, yeah.
1: Yeah, she was, she was always up on the technology. Like she, when we had like a dial-up computer, she was like, she was the person that was like, we need to get this dial-up, we need to get the computer down in the Let's basement. Yeah. yeah.
0: I feel like when I was, I also loved video games mm-hmm. as a kid. And I feel like it still was like, I, I didn't really have any adult figures in my yeah. life actively advocating for me to play video yeah. games. Which I feel like we're starting to see, like turn around a little bit maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Like I, I have a friend who is raising a kid who he's actively encouraging him to, like, play Pokemon mm-hmm. on the Game Boy because it forces you to read. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, like, so this kid has had some issues reading, and so yeah. like, this is, like, how he's getting the reading, Yeah, basically.
1: I mean, that's a genius thing, Which I too, think is great, though. you know? Yeah. yeah.
0: No, and I think that there is, has been real value in video games for a long time that people haven't really yeah. tapped into. I
1: think that it's all, like sh- like, shrouded by, like, other things and what other people think that, like, it does to you. Totally. And I'm I'm sure that, that it does have some effects, but I think that it's a really great, like, tool for hand-eye coordination and everything, mm-hmm. so. Well,
0: and just for bonding and community-making, yeah. you know, and, and friendship-building, yeah. like, it's really good for that stuff, yeah. I think, you yeah. know.
1: My, like, one of, like, my biggest Christmas, like, memories was always you know, my cousin would come over and we would play like video games, like, mm-hmm. you know, Paul, my brother and JC and my cousin. And like, I so rock band was like,
2: totally. and guitar
1: hero was my big thing. Like mm-hmm. that was, and I would, I would go all the way on expert. And so when wow. like rock band came out and it was just like, okay, somebody can play the drums, somebody can sing, you know, somebody nice. can play guitar, you know, we created this, uh, This band called like RPG or RPJ or something like that. And I just remember that one Christmas, like that is all we did was play rock band. It was very, it was, yeah, it was a nice experience, you know, and it's something to look back on.
0: So tell me how you how you went from doing, like, your main creative outlet mm-hmm. in high school being the musicals you participated mm-hmm. in to, I assume that now you're songwriting and yeah. you're performing, you know, yeah. acoustic. So acoustic stuff is, like, your main outlet mm-hmm. now. So, like, how did that transition happen?
1: Uh, I get, I've get i always loved singing, whether it be, like, in my room, listening to whatever, um, and then or just being in the choir, Cause I remember like first period always used to be like every other day used to be chorus and I, and I love that. And then, you know, being in the musicals and then I've, I've always had the fast like loved watching other people play instruments too, mm. but nobody in my family knew how to play an instrument or, and is like, like everybody kind of can carry a tune and would sing in the kitchen and stuff, but nobody in my family is like very musically inclined. Okay. Um, so I graduated high school. I I won that award. And I was just like, you know what? I'm going to teach myself how to play the guitar so that I can sing along while I, you know, this is something that I very much enjoy, you know, and it seems that like I'm good at it. Nice. Um, so that summer I bought my first guitar, which was a Takamine guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't, I don't know how to like read music or anything. So I just like, YouTubed, like, how do you play the E minor chord? How do you oh, wow. play the G chord? How do you play the C chord? And guitar tabs were, like, starting to become a really big thing. And then I found those, and I would just read the tabs and just memorize, like, where my fingers would go.
0: Wow. Um, I feel like that says a lot about you. I feel like it takes a lot of drive to learn the guitar or anything, frankly, Yeah. literally from... Absolute scratch, like really knowing nothing, to just looking, you know, looking up the first couple of steps, how you play these chords, how you do that, and then finally putting that all together in a way that's so fluid and Mm -hmm. automatic for you now. Thank you. That's a massive process. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean,
2: there were.
1: So i i went to I went to TC three. So when I was seventeen, that was the summer before I went to TC three. I learned kind of like the basics. I wasn't like the greatest, but like you know, I could impress people. I learned a little bit more in in college but then I kind of put it down just cuz you know college takes up a lot of your time. Yes, it does. I'm young, you know. Mm-hmm. And I graduated December 2013. What I went to college for was um Digital cinema. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to be a music supervisor. So you pick out music for television shows. Yeah, because I was like, these TV shows, movies would be nothing without whatever is playing in the background.
2: Absolutely. You know, it's like, it's
1: just a pivotal moment that happens. It changes the way that you view or just feel. So I was like, someone's got to be pulling these strings, you know. So I ended up doing an internship in L.A. and realized that, like, you're going to have to jump through all these hoops to be like, a successful music supervisor. You're going to go have to go through like production assistance, 18 hour days. You know, I was just like, this is something that I'm not really that passionate about, you know? Right. So I was like, but I am passionate about is making music still. Mm -hmm. And that was something that never left me. You know, I would make like YouTube videos still during college and stuff. And then, so 2014 rolls around and I was like, I'm going to like teach myself how to play like good guitar. Like I want to be a really good rhythm guitar player. And what I based that off of was, like, Ed Sheeran. Like, that guy Mm -hmm. knows how to play, like, the rhythm guitar. And, like, Mm -hmm. he – I tried to play with a pick for a while, and I was like, this isn't really me. I still don't play with a pick. I don't know how to play with a pick.
2: Okay.
1: Um, And then I played my first open mic night in 2014, and then I've just been doing it ever since.
0: Wow. Yeah. So what was your first open mic night like?
1: Scary, but fun. Yeah. Yeah. I think I had, like, a little bit too many drinks. Okay. But, yeah. I mean, you would – and. I find videos of me practicing back in 2014, and I'm just like, "Holy, you know, yeah, like yeah, yeah. this is. Why did my parent? Where, where did my Why did my parents let me do this? For some, <laughs> you know, I'm just like, I mean, it's not that bad, but it's just like definitely needed some work. So sure, well,
0: it was your first guitar oh, yeah. performance, yeah. right? I mean, like, yeah, absolutely. I
1: mean, even my voice too, but yeah, and and then that's what I always say. You know, that was eight nine years ago and I still have so much to learn which is is like the I always say like the beauty of music too totally so
0: well it's a never-ending you're never done no figuring it out right like yeah it's a thing you're constantly refining and my first guitar performance I was 13 years old it was there was a talent show at school and I played one song with uh, my friend Cassie who and we played um maybe like It's a it's a pretty quintessentially middle school choice. We play Green Day's "Time of Your Life." Mm. It's like it's a choice, you know. It's 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 a moment in time, you know. (laughs) (laughs) It's a turning point. It's a fork stuck in the road. I
1: uh, remember singing that at my high school graduation, sure, (laughs) with my senior choir.
0: So, do you? How do you feel about playing songs when you have to play? Like, I feel like there are certain songs out there that we might love, but that as people who play as a solo. Yeah, guitarist to singer a lot. Like I do that a lot too. Yeah, you know, I do a lot of bar gigs and stuff. Um, there are ones that I just like. I don't know. I I feel a certain reservation about. You know what I mean? Like,
1: oh yeah, I mean definitely.
0: Like, what are some of those songs for you? Like, I guess.
1: It depends on what the reservation is. If it's okay. a reservation because, like, I adore the song and I don't want to get sick of playing it or uh, hearing it, Landslide okay. by Fleetwood Mac is one of those songs for me. Sure. Um, it's, like, one of my top five favorite songs. I, I used think I to... heard
0: you do, you do that at Apple Fest. I think I heard you do that at Apple Fest.
1: No. No? Okay. I only do it if people request it. Like, Got I it. won't put it in my set. And because I'm just, like, I don't want to... There's songs that I sing. Like, I really fell in love with Illumineers during... Uh, like COVID, like quarantine times, Sure. And there's songs that I sing religiously by the Lumineers now that I'll just skip over when I listen to the Lumineers because I just, I'm like, I sing it way too much. I know it word for word, you know, where I'm just like, I, if it's like when you play, when you hear a song on the radio over and over again. Absolutely. Um, I think... I think sometimes when you get like you get requested for songs too, it's just like okay, if you I know it, I'll play it. But for me, like cover songs have to be a song that I'm super passionate about. Mm. That when I sing it, the co- crowd like it conveys to the crowd the way yeah. that I feel about it. You know, because if I'm just singing, if I'm just standing up there and strumming and singing it just because it's like, well, one anybody can do that, but one I and also I want to make it my own, but I want to put passion into it as totally, well. Totally. So.
0: I, um, I was, su- I surprised myself recently. Uh, I had a gig and it was like in the middle of a snowstorm, so I guess it was last winter, mm-hmm. in the in middle of a snowstorm. Uh, there was like no, it was one of those gigs where the, it's like y- it's you and a few people. Sometimes you know those I mean? are the best ones. Sometimes though. they are. Yeah. Sometimes they are. And so, you know, they were there and I think they were just grateful to have somebody there, yeah. you know, because it was a snowstorm and they probably weren't expecting the place to even be open, yeah. frankly. Um, somebody requested because it's like you know Central New York. Somebody requested "Fuels Hemorrhage in My Hands." Are you familiar with this song? Oh, <laughs> all right. Insert clip of "Hemorrhage in My Hands" here. <laughs> uh, it's um, it is so. It's just so 2000s Yeah. Like post grunge. Yeah. Rock, and it was stuff that I was super into, like in middle school. Uh, you know, but like ever since then, it's become kind of like not that cool yeah. to be into that but I you know I clearly I knew it very well mm-hmm. back then and um, yeah I just pulled it right out of my ass yeah. and like it went over really well and she was super grateful like she came over and talked to me and thanked yeah. me for playing it and I, I remembered how much I liked it as a kid and it like brought me right back
1: there it does yeah. yeah I mean it's something it's, and it's nice because it's like okay this is a, something that I'm going to put in my set all the time but it's, it's a nice like little reminder of like okay like one I haven't heard the song in forever yet I pulled it like right out of my back pocket yeah. but it's just like okay like sometimes when I sing those type of songs or just like sing a song like that for the first time like a couple months ago someone I guess a song for me like that is Justin Bieber's Baby okay sure um somebody requested me to me to do that and i'm just like okay like i know this song like mm-hmm. the back of my hand like i haven't listened to it in forever but i know i sang it and like again like you said like i was, it was saying it very good i would never sing it in like an average set but it's just kind of like for a moment there it feels kind of euphoric too yeah you know? totally Ooh. I always love playing to little kids too. Yes. I love that like too. I love little kids because of just like they're just so innocent. Totally. They don't care what they look like when they're dancing. I played at Salt Point Brewing Company last Wednesday. There was this little girl there and she was like wearing this winter like costume already and I was just like I love it like she doesn't she doesn't care, you know. It's fall but she's vibing in winter, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. She's dancing, you know, and um and I also think it's just like you know you I think as performers, we also have such a big impact on little kids as well. Like when they look up to you and be like, Wow, this person is like Absolutely. looks a little bit larger than life, you know, but is this is something that potentially Yeah I could do, you know?
0: I love yeah, I love indulging little kids when they are like curious yeah. about what I'm doing up there on stage. I know a lot of people who get like kind of annoyed when their yeah. like kids are in their space or whatever. Yeah. But like I'm always like Especially, you know, like most of my gigs are just like, you know, they're like bar gigs or I'm like at the farmers market. Yeah. They're like fairly low, low pressure situations, yeah. you know. And so, like, yeah, like, you know, I don't mind. Yeah. Taking a break and like letting the kid like strum my guitar, or yeah, like explaining stuff to them.
1: I know, and well, and like you also said, it piques your curiosity too, because I think for me too, I don't know if I would have learned earlier. There's some points in my life where I I wish I would have have like picked up the guitar earlier because I'm just like mm. always like okay well what if this happened like where would I be now you know sure I'm glad that I you know I'm glad I didn't and I'm I'm happy where I am right now but maybe like that little girl who sees me or a little boy sees me doing this is just going to be like oh I want to learn how to play the guitar totally you know? like or I I, I want to continue singing
0: yes yeah I mean that would be nice you know um. Yeah. So part of like teaching, right, is you have to a little bit, I think, delude yourself that you're having that direct an impact yeah. on a kid's life, you know, because sometimes you legitimately are. Yeah. It's pretty rare, I think. Yeah. You know, um, but but you have to kind of go at it every day thinking that you're gonna. Yeah. Right.
1: Which I can imagine is is just hard, too.
0: It is hard. Yeah. Yeah. For sure.
1: I mean, I because I am a romanticist. So I like the thing that I do is like I build things up in my mind about how they are going to go. Like that's why I always say like expectation ruins reality because it is very true for me. Because like I would build something up and then if it didn't happen, I would be so disappointed that Mm -hmm. that scenario (laughs) didn't play out exactly the way. Which I feel like if I was teaching somebody and they didn't react that way or like consume the material in that way, I would be like, well, what did I do wrong? Sure. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Now, does that go back, like, to your early life, like, building things up, being romanticizing, setting oh, up expectations? Oh, yeah.
1: probably, yeah. I mean, I would even go as far to say as, like, like early 20s, romanticizing, like, playing, like, bars and stuff like that. Or, like, mm. where is this going to take me, you know? And right. I mean, the further I have gone into, like, in this career, I realize, like, yes, I'm doing it you know, to some extent for, like, a career, but I'm also doing it because I'm very passionate about it and I Mm -hmm. love it, you know? Yeah. And I think that playing so many gigs, you walk a line of, like, burning out and not enjoying it. Yeah. And then, but also, like, still wanting to do it, you know? Sure.
0: You play a lot of gigs. I do. I mentioned this. I recorded the intro before you got Mm -hmm. here, but this is, like, one of the things... I try to, like, mention a couple of, like, yeah. bullet points about, like, who you are, what you do. And one of the things that I mentioned is just, like, how frequently yeah. you, you're on the road. And I know this came up when you did... You did the New Vine podcast mm-hmm. as well, right? And this is, like, yeah. the thing that you talked about yeah. as well. Um, I mean, so do you... Do you do the gigs because you want to do the gigs or do you do the gigs because, like, you are you need to make money at music and you're trying
1: to... I mean, I think it's a little bit of both. Okay. I w- I'm not going to, you know, like again, romanticize the situation and say, like, I do every single gig and I love it and I go in there like and I'm so happy to do it, you know? Like, just how I asked you when we walked into the school, I was like, do you enjoy it? Do you
0: enjoy it, right. You know?
1: Um, (laughs) There's days uh, when I'm very excited to do it and then there's days when I'm just like, do I have to do this, you know? Um, I think it's the same for everybody who does it, though, you know? Sure,
0: any career, right? Any career. I mean, like,
1: if you're... Selling out Madison Square Garden every night, I'm sure that, like, for a month, halfway through the month, you're like, oh man, do I have to do this? And, right. I'm like, what a position <laughs> to be in, like, and be like, God, right. do I have to sing to a sold out show in Madison Square Garden? Yeah. But no, yeah, I'm not going to lie and say that it's not about the money because I do love the money, but um, I just also enjoy it too. Yeah. There's times always around this time now, like late October, like, um, early October, late October where I do, I'm just like, wow, I've done a lot. And each year I say, I'm going to like pull back a little bit more and focus on other things. And Mm -hmm. I just, I end up doing the same thing.
0: Yeah. Just because you find yourself wanting.
1: Just because I, I, yeah, I mean, once November, December, January, are always my booking time. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to leave this time out. But once I see other people playing those amount of shows, I'm also just like, well, I need to book those amount right, of shows gotcha. too. So, I think there's sometimes like a competitiveness level to it as mm, well. Okay. Um but I I do enjoy it even though I say that like, oh, like driving to a show, I'm like, wow, I really don't want to drive to the show right now and like setting up, but like once I'm actively doing it, I I enjoy it a lot.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, sure. I
1: think it's always just like getting up Tearing down is the worst part I will say that definitely it's
2: yeah
0: because like all the joy and excitement of the show is yeah it's just yeah now it's just labor yeah right? yeah All right, let's shift gears a little bit if you don't mind. Um so tell me about tell me about your experiences with other kids when you were in middle school. Like did you find that you were mostly kind of a loner? Did you have like a really solid group of friends? What was it like for you?
1: I did have like a, a close knit of friends, but still I was always that like people pleaser, you know? Like yeah. I I look back on like 5th, 6th grade, I was definitely like a people pleaser. I was also, you know, a different kid. You know, I, I'm gay. So, and I didn't realize back then that I was gay.
2: Okay.
1: Um, so I was dressed up like a tomboy. So like my my mom and my grandmother loved to dress me up when I was, like, in elementary school. And so when I was finally able to dress myself, it was just, like, I'm going to dress everything in, like, skater clothes. Like, I had element shoes. Nice. I had, like, you know, I was always going into Zoomies or, like, mm-hmm. PacSun. Like, mm-hmm. so, like, people could tell me apart, you know. Like, or and there was some instances that, like, um, like, people would be, like, are you a boy or are you a girl, you know. Sure. So I – I had like a good solid group of friends, and I was friends with everybody. But yet, there were still some points where I did get a little bullied, you know. Totally. Um,
0: but you did you find like the were the bullies like like were you, no. you targeted a lot or was no? It, just it like, was okay. just
1: I think it really sunk to me because I think back then, even though I knew it a little bit that I was gay, that right. I tried to repress it. So when people would make those comments, it stung a little, just a little bit more, sure. you know. And like. My friend, the friends that I had would even make those comments. So I would be like, how do I take this? Like, cause I'm not even sure yet either, you know? Right. And I guess, you know, the representation in society's culture wasn't like it is now, you know, back when I was in middle school. So it was just like, what are these feelings that I'm having? You know, Mm -hmm. are they okay? Does other people have these too? So it's just kind of like, in that aspect, I was a loner too, which is why I think I was so willing to people please as well.
0: Totally. Yeah, totally. So this is a really personal question Mm -hmm. and feel free to just shoot it down if you don't want to answer it. But how, how did you come to the conclusion that you were gay? How did you figure that out?
1: uh glee actually oh
0: all right tell
1: me more about that um so glee came out when i was a junior in in high school and i remember seeing it and it came out like they did like the they aired the pilot episode in like the summer and i watched it and i was just like holy cow like this is everything that i am feeling and like chorus you know like you're you're alone you don't know why you're feeling this but when you get into like these group of people like you feel like you know like wow, I feel like I'm not alone, you know? So I was just like, and then they, like the second season, they introduced this couple that kind of had like feelings for each other. It was, there was these best friends, you know, two females. And I was just like, and they were, they were beautiful, you know? And I was just like, wow, like this is the first time that, you know, a lesbian couple is being represented in Mm daytime, nighttime television, you know, let alone kind of that I've seen or, at all so I just remember being devastated when they broke up on on tv Aww. I was just like my yeah my little gay heart was just like oh my god you know and
0: <laughs> oh,
1: yeah and my mom this was when I was in college and my mom I think it was like 18 19 18 at the time and I was home for break and my mom was just like you can't be just crying over this episode like what's really wrong and sure. like and I you know I told her and I came out to her and You know, and that's why I always say like Glee, like it it doesn't like it seems funny, but like and when other people you hear other people talk about it, you're just like, I don't know. Can that really happen? But yeah, Glee really did help me come out. And I think having those representations of just being like, you're not alone, like you're you are, you know, and that's why, you know, when I posted that clip on social media today of like those two women, it's just like that was a big. Step for me too, because I was just like, okay, like I'm also like also representing to other people too. Sure. So,
0: what do you, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, what do you think that that means about the importance of art, right? Like, what, what, like, how does this help us define a, like a role of art? I
1: think, be? you know, like one of the things that when I try to write songs, I heard Jack Johnson in a podcast say, just a couple days ago when I was on my way to a show, he's just like, I don't consider myself a songwriter. I consider myself like a human or like a farmer. And, like, Mm. I don't consider myself like a songwriter either. Like, I write from experiences that I have watched happen or that I am going through, you know? So, and I always want to create things that are relatable for people. So it's just, like, seeing that portrayed, you know, and it was just, like, I could relate to it was, like, the biggest thing. And I think that art can speak to a, and that's why it's just so powerful as you can just speak to and I think it's I think the most important thing for me is it's very cathartic to me so
0: mm-hmm. um, so a couple of things I, I definitely want to hear a song uh, mm-hmm. in a second but um, can you it, can I see your shirt you've SpongeBob. got uh, Spongebob here he's yeah. looking quite sad um, or something what, oh yeah this is a meme say?
1: I wanted to wear this tape because of the kids stuff I've yeah, always so tell me about it. Um, this is the one that was just like I think it was like I can't remember what meme is this, but I always had, like, TV playing in, in my, like, you know, like, when i come back from school, it was just, like, cartoons, like, I, Carly, Drake and Josh.
0: Nice. You know. Like um, the Disney Channel stuff. Oh, yeah. Nick yeah. was
1: a big, Nickelodeon was a big thing for me. So, like, Spongebob was always on. And Spongebob still is, like, I'm going as a, a worker of the Krusty Krab for Halloween. This nice. Year.
0: <laughs> so you're still like a, I, I, I mean I don't Spongebob. actively
1: watch SpongeBob, no, but, but like, I like I think it's there's like
0: it holds a place in your heart. Yeah,
1: there's and now because I'm an adult, like there's adult humor in SpongeBob that I didn't realize about when I was a right. kid too. So I'm just like, but yeah, it's uh again it's just kind of like a nostalgic kind of like a innocent type of of thing too. Nice. So, yeah.
0: Do you draw on any of that nostalgic energy when you write songs? I mean, how do you?
1: Oh yeah, I mean, one song that I wrote, which uh, I was thinking about playing, was it's called Peter Pan, and I wrote it because I was having a really hard summer. My partner Jessica moved away for the summer to do an internship, and I was still living at her apartment. And this was kind of like the first time that I, I was like ever really like truly alone. So and like away from my parents too. And so uh, I was just like, OK, wouldn't it be nice if we all just kind of like flew away from Neverland and like could like not deal with our problems, you know, sure, and like yeah. kind of. And I realized that I was trying to look for like a coping mechanism, you know, mm. and which is. And kind of Peter Pan, like flying away to Neverland, you don't need one of those because you don't deal with your problems. Right. Um, and and during when I wrote that song. And when I sing it, it's kind of like the evolution of me finding that coping mechanism or something that, like, kind of helps me, which is songwriting as well. Totally. Um, So, yeah, in that aspect, I wrote Peter Pan with that nostalgic view in my mind of, like, you, if you're a kid, you don't kind of have to deal with these things. Totally, you
0: know? so. yeah. Oh my gosh, I love it. I, is that the song that we're going to hear? Are we Sure, are we I down can with sing that one. Yeah, that sounds perfect. Um, I think we're probably going to close it out with it. So okay. before we before we do that, I just want to say thank you for yeah. joining me and having the conversation. It's you're welcome. Great, thank great you. to finally get to know you a little bit. Yes. Right? Um, and yeah, Rachel Beverly, go check her out. All over the place, all thank over you. the goddamn place. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Cool.
2: a lost girl, waiting for Peter Pan to show me his world, then I'd fly back again when he found me, I was to dream brought me back to town down to reality, yeah. Tragedy. I sit waiting Till you come back to me On the weekends
1: It feels like
2: Neverland Why'd you leave me? Someone copied a pen Yeah Someone copied a fan I'm not a kid, no i've got a few gray hairs i still need you i'll meet you anywhere just distract me till she's back again oh please help me help me find peter pan yeah help me find peter Pan. Yeah. How do I find you? Where do I start to look? Are you within me or underneath a book? Will I go crazy or will it make you strong? Is Peter of real or is it just made up? Maybe right now I could be flying with the lost boys. They won't bring me back again See, the truth is I found my Peter Pan a long time ago I'll never look again, no I found my Peter Pan I'll never look again, no I found my Peter Pan I'll never look again